are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, brought to you by Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com backslash locked on for 300% back on your first play. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? I am good as well. We had a good show yesterday talking about some yeah. backup running backs. That uh, that pushed me to go out and make some offers for some of those guys. I think uh, sometimes we think backup running backs and we just brush it off as uh, as players. We don't have to worry about too much, but there's some there's some hidden value there, I think. Yeah, especially at the end of our show yesterday, and, and I, I urge people to obviously to listen if you didn't. But they're great guys to throw into a trade, you know, and to complete the deal. Grab one of those guys like a Daryl Henderson or somebody like that. Absolutely. Uh, today we're going to talk about another uh, another topic that I, I think doesn't get enough attention, and honestly, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this one because I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about it. I want to talk about stacking in dynasty leagues and. If you're a DFS player or, or a best ball player, you certainly are familiar with, with this term and this strategy. Uh, it, it essentially refers to pairing a quarterback with a pass catcher, most, most often a, uh, a wide receiver, but could, could certainly be a tight end as well, or even uh, one of those pass catching running backs we were talking about yesterday. And this, I think this strategy was, was really born in daily fantasy, um, you know, of course, if you're in a, a, a tournament with 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 other uh, fantasy players, you want to do whatever you can to make your lineup unique. Uh, the same doesn't exactly apply to Dynasty. Uh, obviously, in most leagues, there's only one copy of each player. So it's it's not the same uh, type of strategy, but um, the the actual... Uh, execution of the strategy could be potentially uh, the same or similar. Uh, and of course, when you're doing this stacking, be it in DFS, best ball, or, or really any fantasy football format, you want to look at that those top scoring offenses, the teams that are going to give you, uh, you know, the most bang for your buck, the, the most points on a given Sunday. Yeah, I almost feel like we need a guest for this because I think you and I are going to be sort of similar because rarely do I add a receiver or a quarterback with the thought of, boy, I have Wilson, so I'm going to pay a little more for DK or Lockett. You know, like I don't even think about it when I'm acquiring players or talking trade or in my rookie draft. If, boy, I have Tua, I should go get Waddle. You know, like I don't even think about that that much. And I do think it's really important in DFS, which I don't play enough of, you know, because you're competing against so many people. But like in redraft, I mean, you're really just head-to-head against people. So I rarely put a lot of value in what I call hookups. That being said, there was a dude in my in my but you know, the, my, my redraft league this past year with my high school buds that we get together every year and we're good buds, that had Kelsey and Mahomes. And it doesn't matter what else he had. He was a nightmare to play against. Yeah. 
Yeah, and as you said, I mean, the Kelsey Mahomes example is is a really good one, and we'll we'll look at some examples of stacks you you would certainly want to target. Um, that's what it comes down to. I mean, if you're stacking uh, pl- the quarterback and, and a pass catcher from a, a bottom five or a bottom ten offense, that strategy is not going to work very well for you. <laughs> right, you want right. these, y- y- you want the Chiefs, you want some of these other teams that are going to give you consistent points. The Darnold uh, Herndon and, and one well, wasn't so great last year, you know. It did, didn't work so well. <laughs> right. So it sounds like, in, in general, not even necessarily that you're down on the strategy. It's just not something you really consider. Is that fair to say? Right, and, and I feel like I could I could be persuaded either way. I mean, so it's a good conversation. Uh, the more I talk it through and the more I think about it, Maybe tight end is something I would value more with a quarterback than wide receivers, just because if Wentz loved Ertz or the year Lamar and Andrews were hooking up left and right, you know, there's a scarcity at tight end that maybe that really you know compounds your your output a little bit more. I'm I'm spitballing though. I don't feel strong about it. It it is just. Uh... It's exciting when you get the touchdowns for sure, right? right? right. Because that that one touchdown pass is worth, uh, depending on your scoring, it's worth ten or twelve points plus whatever that yardage might have been, uh, and that's that's in a fantasy matchup. That's a game changing uh, play if you've got the quarterback and the the receiver. So uh, I do think it's it's worth discussing. And I thought again, we talked about the the early stages of my dynasty playing career yesterday. And I, and I think back to that again with this topic, because back then, and and maybe this was just kind of the group that I was uh, associating with and kind of talking dynasty with at, at that point, but it seemed like such a negative thing to have players on two players on the same team, hmm. whether they were, they were quarterback wide receiver, whether they were two wide receivers. I mean, I remember thinking I've got Marvin Harrison on my team. I don't know if I want uh, Reggie Wayne also. I don't want both of those guys. And it, it was viewed so as a negative. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And again, as I said earlier, it's, it's all about uh, the specific team that you're targeting here. If you've got, if you've got two of the wide receivers on the worst team in the league, not so good, but if you've got Wayne and Harrison, if you've got, um, what about Judy and Sutton? You know, uh, yeah, I mean, I like both players uh, well, a ton. You just right. You know, what if they trade for Aaron Rodgers tomorrow? Then their value triples, you know. But oh yeah, you know, would you not draft Sutton if you had Judy? I wouldn't slow me down. It, it wouldn't slow me down either, and and re- really, it it didn't much. Even years ago, as as I'm saying, I I know it was a popular, uh, I won't even call it a strategy, just kind of a theory mm-hmm. of of avoiding, basically avoiding stacking. And and now I think it's become something that we try to do. Uh, obviously, the pros we're we're talking all around this. The pros here are you're just looking for those high scoring weeks, um, and and the better offense that you can invest in. The more the more points and the more consistent points that you're going to get. I do think there are there's some cons, there's some negatives with this strategy, and uh, it it really is going to become a decision of do the cons, do the multiple cons, outweigh the one big 
uh, Pro. But of course, with with those with those good games are going to come a bad game, a letdown game, where you know maybe even that offense gets shut out. And if you've got the, if you've invested in the quarterback and the wide receiver, or two wide receivers, or wide receiver tight end along with your quarterback, uh, you're you're losing that week, right? Mm-hmm. If if three, two, three, four of your players are are coming from this one game and they don't perform, you don't have a very good chance of winning that game. Obviously, bye week issues have to be a consideration as well. Um, Without question, and I've seen smaller this, rosters. I've seen this right. Right, I've seen the strategy. This is more of a best ball thing as well, trying to line up all those bye weeks, just giving up on week seven or week 11, whatever it might be, uh, knowing you'll be almost at full strength the rest of the, mm-hmm. the seasons. That's that's not, or the rest of the weeks, that's not something we consider as much in Dynasty. I don't think you're necessarily making trades too often with, um, I like to do that in redraft. weeks like, in mind. Like, oh, I'm only going to get, I'm gonna get right. an L in week 11. So what? Yeah, I, I'll take my chances right. the other times. Yeah. And then I think the other thing to consider, the other con is is injuries, right? If you've, if you've invested in that Chiefs offense and you've got Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and, and then Mahomes goes down, you're in trouble, right? So not only right, do you right. lose your quarterback, but it's going to impact – uh, the other members of your fantasy roster as well. So those are some quick pros and cons. We've kind of talked the general overview of the of the strategy. When we come back, we're going to look at some examples, some of the best examples uh, of stacking and maybe who to target and exactly what that would cost you. Guys, I got to tell you about Stat Hero. This is pretty cool. I mean, do you guys know that eighty five percent of the people who play daily fantasy lose? And if you think about it, it really isn't that surprising. I mean, the game is absolutely rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools, more time, more knowledge. Uh, you really don't stand much of a chance, you know. So introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts a player in control and winning within reach. And here's how it works. Stat Hero, Stat Hero shows you all their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Uh, your name, your stakes, winner, take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to dig in. I, I love my odds in that kind of situation. And you're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. P- play Stat Hero now and change the odds. So here's what you do. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, all caps, all one word, sign up for free, and right now you get three times what you get back on your first play. Three times. They're giving you 300% match. I mean, that's unheard of as well. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Folks, I want to take a minute here to tell you guys about Built Bar. They've been a Really great sponsor and ally here to the entire Locked On Network and to my family as well. My son's 14. He's really into lifting weights now and working out. He just crushes Built Bars as soon as they pretty much walk in the door. Um, my wife is kind of a chocolate connoisseur, and she's real picky about the, you know, in these bars. Some of the chocolate you get on the outside is really waxy. 
Not the case at all with Built Bar. And there's 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcotta, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go around, to go with the original 12 flavors. Uh, they're great for the health conscious guy or woman. Um, you lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Um, some of these, all these bars have a little bit different qualifications, but let's just pick one out of the air here. Peanut butter has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only five grams of sugars and five grams of net carbs. Um, how about cookies and cream only has 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. And that's what you get with all these, which is unbelievable. So go to builtbar.com, use our promo code locked 15. That's locked one, five, all one word. And you get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Matt, we are back and we are talking stacking in Dynasty. Again, this is a strategy most often used in daily fantasy, used in best ball as well. Uh, we want to find out if it applies and how well it applies to Dynasty. You're not so sure about it, but let's look at some examples. And, and the most obvious one, we've already talked about it multiple times here, is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I want to look at not only the players that you might be stacking, but what their current ADP is. So if you're drafting a new, uh, a new Dynasty startup, a Superflex League right now, what is it actually going to cost you to... Uh, to stack these players. Well, as you might guess with the Kansas City Chiefs, it is expensive. It's basically going to cost you your first three picks, I think, to have the ideal stack. Uh, and, if, and of course, you've got, to, you've got to land the right position. You've got to land that 101, uh, or maybe if you're lucky, the 102, to get Patrick Mahomes in a Dynasty Super Flex League. But if you've got the 101, you probably also have the 212 and the 301, and that is exactly where Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are being drafted. So can you imagine, Matt, starting your Dynasty Superflex League with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey? It sounds awesome, but if Mahomes stubs his toe, you lose that week. Right, yeah, that's, I mean, that's I mean, one of the cons we talked about. I think that's one too many eggs in the basket. So you might you might stack potentially with one of those players, but not both. Yeah, you know, I mean, again, I, I don't feel strong one way or another. Like this next example that you have down here, you have Allen and Diggs with Buffalo, and we can go into. It, it, would you rather play? I always look at it. Who would I rather play against on week twelve or whatever? Would you rather play against Allen or and Diggs or Lamar and Devontae Adams? I think I'd rather play against the non-teammates. Or, yeah, I would as well. So that right, I meant the other way around. I think I'd rather play against the teammates. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is a bad episode because I'm not taking a stand. And how, we've all been in, in a fantasy game where we're kicking our opponent's butt and you're done and they have Buffalo on Monday night and they have Allen and Diggs. Oh, yeah. And you're just... You can't sleep, you know, like that's the yeah, worst you, feeling. You know what's, you know what's coming. Right. Right. You know, something bad's going to happen. You're, just not ho you're hoping it's not so bad that you lose. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad that, you know, that 
maybe you're you're stuck in the middle on this topic mm-hmm. because th- those weeks where Diggs catches three touchdowns, this is going to be the best strategy out We're there. We're so smart, um, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, when he gets when he pulls that hamstring and goes out in the first first quarter, then it's terrible. So, uh, like any other strategy, this is going to this is going to have its hits and misses, mm-hmm. uh, not only on a weekly basis when these guys struggle, uh, but ultimately when when a player just doesn't hit uh, for for the full season. Um, I mean, if you if you had that Pittsburgh uh, stack last year of Ben and Juju and Connor, maybe you felt good, and that that didn't go so well at all. No, um, right. So yeah, in, in general, I'd say the key for stacking is 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 to pick the right one, and mm-hmm. and the Chiefs, the Chiefs, and and we could say this about the Bills as well. Um, it, it it's going to be expensive to acquire these stacks. The Chiefs were actually the sixth highest scoring team last year. Um, maybe, maybe that is a little surprising as well. The bills were third. Josh Allen, of course, is going to cost you a first round startup pick. Stefan Diggs being drafted in the third. So a a little bit cheaper to grab Allen and Diggs versus Mahomes and Tyreek. Uh, the next one I want to look at here is the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray is a first round pick in dynasty startups and super flex leagues. His uh, top receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, is a fourth-rounder, and the rookie, Rondell Moore, is a 12th-rounder, so much cheaper. But the Cardinals were just 14th in scoring last year. I don't know if you see that going up much this year. Maybe a little. I mean, you had A.J. Green and Hudson, and Murray's a year older, and Kingsbury's a year older, and understands the league a little better. But Rondell Moore's not moving the needle because he's – I mean – I already have Kyler. I'm not going out of my way to go get Rondell Moore or like pay around more for him or something like that. Yeah, they're, they're middle of the pack in scoring. That makes me feel like maybe this is not one of those offenses to necessarily do this with. Yeah. Although you, you love to have Murray, you love to have Hopkins. Um, it It's even cheaper than the previous examples we talked about. Of course, Hopkins trending down a little bit in dynasty value, but still a very productive player. Ryan, real quick, the more I think about this topic, it brings us back to the conversation we had yesterday about Naheem Hines. Like, I think I'm more apt Mm. to do it when Rivers checks down to to running backs all the time. Like, when I start thinking style of play, like these two are peanut butter and jelly together. You know, like these two, and maybe it's a cheaper thing than some of these examples we have here, but... I have Rivers, I'm, I'm going to pick up Hines on the cheap, and those two together might complete a lot of passes and get me through a bye week, you know, things like that. Yeah, I like that, and, and knowing, uh, we'll talk about Baltimore here in just a moment, knowing yeah, uh, which quarterbacks are, are more likely to focus on their tight end mm-hmm. uh, in, in that offense, and, and Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, definitely one of those, uh, that, that's another factor to consider, so I like that. Um, let's, uh, let's hit one more of these. Actually, let's hit two more of these and then we'll, uh, take a quick break. Dallas 17th in scoring last year. Of course, we know Dak Prescott missed, um, much of the season, the majority of the season. So we, we kind of can ignore those numbers for now. Prescott's a first rounder in this format. Uh, I like this because there's multiple options. CD lamb in the fourth, Amari Cooper in the sixth, Michael Gallup in the 12th. 
lots of ways you can go here. I don't know if I would want all four of these players, the, the three receivers and Dak, but uh, you, you can pair Dak with uh, at least one of his wide receivers, depending on what pick you want to invest. Yeah, and of course he's the most expensive, but Lamb to me just screams. I like that combination. I liked what we saw when they were together on the field. I could see a world where they give Gallup a contract and trade Amari after the year or keep Amari and let Gallup test the waters and then all of a sudden your stack's gone. Yeah, that's one of the dynasty problems as opposed to redraft and certainly, you know, best or you know, daily. Sure, that's a good point as well. And maybe another uh, another note for the the con category is yeah. what happens when your stack gets broken up. <laughs> right, right. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to report anymore. Oh, or Deshaun man, Jackson does bad stuff, or you know, or Deshaun Watson. I meant sorry. Last uh, last team last stack for this segment. Uh, we already mentioned the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's a first rounder in dynasty superflex startups. Uh, his his top pass catcher, no surprise, it's Mark Andrews in the sixth, and then the rookie Rashad Bateman in the tenth. Again, multiple options there, and that's definitely one, as I said, where I would be looking to stack Jackson with his tight end. Matt, when we come back, we'll take a look at a couple more of these stacks before we wrap it up. All right, let me take a chance here, you know, a little time out of our to talk about RockAuto.com. Um, they've been a really good. Good friend of the Locked On Network now for a long time, and they do amazing work. And with all the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, truck, whatever, at a traditional chain storefront. It just makes no sense. So a lot of you do a lot of work on your cars, and it makes a lot of sense financially or as a hobby or whatever. you got to check out rockauto.com because their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They, rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do, for example. Um, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you're looking for. Their catalog's extremely easy to navigate. Uh, see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, prices you prefer. Uh, I mentioned that the prices are always reliably low and same for, for, for professionals as they are for you guys. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So here's what you do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how do you, how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. That's locked on, two words. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Matt, we're talking dynasty stacks today. We mentioned some of the most expensive ones already. Let's look at a few others here to close things out. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, I think this one might be kind of undervalued. Justin Herbert in the first round, of course. His top receiver is Keenan Allen. He's a fifth rounder and a guy who always just seems to be undervalued. What do you think about stacking the Chargers? See, that one's interesting to me in that, Young quarterback, very established, 
star receiver, that's a route runner, that's a craftsman. You know, every coach in the world is going to say, hey, and I'm sure Justin figured this out pretty darn quick. That guy's, I'm throwing it to him. <laughs> you know, I mean, he gets open on third and six right. every time, you know. Yeah, and they, they definitely have other options there. Yeah. I mean, Austin Eckler's going to catch balls, Mike Williams, and, and they add Jared Cook. They add uh, the rookie Josh Palmer. But, I mean, Keenan Allen is, is by far and away the top target there. So I, I like that one as well. Uh, the next one, uh, maybe maybe a poor man's version of the Dallas Cowboys because there are so many options. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. They were 29th in scoring last year. So, again, doesn't sound like an offense you want to invest in, but uh, we expect it to be very different. Not only uh, do they get Joe Burrow back, who missed uh, a chunk of his rookie season, but they also, uh, of course, added Jamar Chase with uh, with their first-round pick. So pairing those two up, it's, it's Burrow in the first-round. Chase is a fourth-rounder. Higgins is a sixth rounder and Tyler Boyd T Higgins is a sixth rounder. Tyler Boyd is a ninth rounder. This one feels like it could have, you know, if, if you can stack Joe Burrow, Jamar chase and T Higgins, you might be able to ride that for five years. Yeah. This, this one is appealing and it brings me to the next question, which is relevant to all of a sudden this year. Are you, are you extra excited to stack college you know, hookups with pro hookups, you know, Tua and Waddle, Hertz and uh, Smith, Burrow and Chase is the best example. Are we looking at young players saying they stack? We already saw this stack. You know, I mean, I might be a little more eager to do it at the next level. But you're right about Chase yeah, and Higgins. that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point with the, the, the college connection. um We've seen so many examples of it this year. We we have to pay attention uh, at least a little bit to it. Uh, we've got an unconventional version of that with our next team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, it's It would be the quarterback running back stack yeah, with, yeah. with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Uh, of course, both of those guys are going to be very costly in your dynasty startups. Uh, his, his wide receiver is a little bit cheaper. DJ Chark in the eighth. LaVisca Chenault in the ninth. Uh, I like this stack just because it's relatively cheap. Once you invest your first rounder in, in Trevor Lawrence, uh, you can focus on other spots, other positions before grabbing one or maybe even both of those Jaguars wide receivers in the eighth and ninth round. Yeah, I like this one too with the thought of they're all young. They can all grow up together. You know, if Lawrence is the superstar Andrew Luck special player that many of us think he are he is, then he raises all ships, you know, year after year at, at an exponential rate. So, yeah, this makes sense to me. The last stack we want to look at and, and really focus on here today is the Seattle Seahawks. And, again, we're just looking at quarterbacks being drafted in the first round and what a stack would look like with those players. So Russell Wilson uh, currently being drafted with the 1.12 pick in our DLF dynasty ADP Uh, stacking him with DK Metcalf is not cheap. Metcalf is a second rounder and then Tyler Lockett in the ninth round. Hmm. I don't know if Wilson's going to be a Seahawk next year. So this one, 
I mean, yeah, that, that worries me a little bit. But I do think there's a good marriage of great deep ball passer who buys time and gets these guys deep downfield. So I just don't know if we'll see it pass this year. Well, what we have seen is the the late season struggles with from Russell Wilson yeah. and from this passing offense, and how it has impacted uh, specifically these two these two receivers. I mean, after after eight weeks last year, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were t- both the top two scoring wide receivers. They were wide receivers one and two in, in PPR leagues, and, and Russell Wilson was uh, was the top three fantasy quarterback. And all three of those guys plummeted down the ranks in the the final eight weeks of the season. So, uh, of all the stacks we've talked about today, this would probably be my my last choice yeah i agree i agree as far as actually trying trying to implement and i'm not sure the coach wants them to throw a lot yeah by the way (laughs) some stacks we did not talk about because these players were not first round quarterbacks but they certainly have their own appeal uh the green bay packers aaron Rodgers and Devonte adams obviously uh, not going to be cheap there but uh won't cost you a first round pick the Packers led the league in scoring last year, certainly notable. Second in the league in scoring last year was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Drafting Tom Brady or acquiring Tom Brady, you you know the the short-term outlook there. He's got multiple pass catchers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, uh, plus some, some other pieces there. Fourth in scoring last year, Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill. Of course, the wide receivers are really the pricey pieces here. A.J. Brown and his brand new teammate, Julio Jones. And then the, this last one, fifth in scoring last year, but I don't know what to do with the New yeah. Orleans Saints. I guess it's Jameis Winston. Maybe it's Taysom Hill. Maybe it's somebody else. Michael Thomas is really the only player, along with running back Alvin Kamara, who uh, who would we would want to target as dynasty players. Uh, this, this team feels like they could fall off a cliff pretty quickly. Yeah, of those four, which is odd to say because Rodgers and Brady are two of the best I've ever done it, obviously, I feel like Tannehill's the most stable with his team for the next two, three years. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah. I do too. And and that's with with the, the Julio Jones trade and obviously A.J. Brown there and, and Derrick Henry to take kind of some of the attention away. That would be the one that I would – I would try to build. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Tannehill. And Henry's uh, not going to be there much longer. I mean, I don't mean to sound coarse, but, I mean, he probably was not going to be a eight-year player. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. If you're not spending that first-round pick, that's a good one to mm-hmm. try to stack up. Yeah, I like that one. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.